Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey everyone, it's Eva. And it's Kylie. Welcome back to season four, bitches. (laughs) Siren explosion sounds. Boom, boom, boom. All the confetti. We're back, (laughs) bitches. Wow. This feels so good. I am beyond excited and grateful to be sitting here with you, Kylie, to start the fourth season of our baby, our podcast. I have, obviously, we have been talking a whole bunch. We already have spoken for an hour this morning. And just now I got tears in my eyes. I'm like, our show we're in the sacred space of hello universe and i'm already cheering up yeah it feels really good to be back so yeah we you know as as we do every year we took a really nice long summer break and both kylie and i have just been so excited to get back in the seat and connect with all of you and share what's been going on and get back into i think what we do really best like what we do best we'll just get into philosophical mystical tangential hopefully um, inspiring conversations about what it means to be a speck of dust in this swirling world. <laughs> yes. And also we giggle a lot and yeah. and swear love a lot. a lot. Swear a lot, love each other a lot, where we probably are gonna get on some people's nerves, but I can't help it. Yeah, we have we have one review that says we laugh too much, and we have one review that says we swear too much. And you know what? <laughs> That's the fucking vibe around here. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like giggles and swearing, then you can just keep it moving. Yes. Um, uh, Eva, I'm so happy to be back. Um, do you want to start by talking about it? Do you have any business things to announce before oh. we jump into our, like, you know? Oh, my gosh. I like, okay. yeah. Okay. I know. I forgot. I like forgot how this works. We're rusty, um, everybody. <laughs> okay. Well, I actually do have some things brewing. Could I, um, like, toss it to you to go first while I sort of think? reflect on what i want to do yeah 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 yeah. okay guys a lot is happening get ready (laughs) (laughs) like shit's about to get real um i will i'm gonna tease some things enter your villain era is coming back for all the obvious reasons we will be announcing it again in october so if you can imagine from the name if you aren't familiar this is the program for you to kill off your people pleasing codependent good girl prisons baggage and just step on into your dark goddess um it's just fucking exuberant self so it's the most fun it's a really really delightful romp of a course that's coming in october and um another one alchemy is coming after that which I'm really, really talking about tears in my eyes excited for. So that's just a tease for that's like November, but just get yourself excited. But yeah, the first thing that I'm just teasing is millionaire is coming. So um, get, ready, get on the wait list. That's it. That's my announcement. My announcement is get ready because yeah. <laughs> all of the things are happening. They are actively, uh, you know, building themselves or having been built right now and um 
there's a lot in the pipeline in a way that hasn't existed for me before. I usually have a lot of ideas. <laughs> this time I have a lot of, uh, this year I got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of houses on my Monopoly board. Mm -hmm. Well, also, I just know you. So like, you know, we just took this really lovely, glorious summer vacation. And like fall is, we've talked about how for us, fall still always feels like the new year because, you know, it's like back to school. And I think I know you. There's always this like exuberant energy when you come back into fall yeah. and you're like, I'm fucking ready to go. You guys yes. buckle up. <laughs> yes. Yes. And this time I'm ready to go. And I have, as we'll discuss in a moment, Kids in school and ADHD meds. So, like, really, like, I am fucking judged on fall. And <laughs> yeah, you're playing a different game now. I get like a rocket rocket ship strapped to my back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so people get on the wait list. Um, well, I mean, I I really like this because I think that's kind of where I would go to. I actually have some things changing in my in my business model that I haven't shared with you yet, Kylie, which maybe I'll share with you more off the record. It isn't, it isn't fully fleshed out. So I will just sort of tease that if you want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, just keep an eye out on my Instagram, on my website for, a, I think, a really interesting and special promotion in a way that I've never done before, um, which I'm really excited to to explore because I, don't, I just love working with people one-on-one. -on -one. Like that's what I want to do. And I want to help continue to help people experience self-realization which this summer is something that I really have experienced just like the infinite possibility of more and more and more and more and I don't think that it's it's not reserved for a special few it's it's experience mm. of of enlightenment which is just like we don't need to suffer so much is what we're all here for and I believe that so exuberantly in my body I don't know. I just, I wanted to share it with everybody. I think that's what, yeah, I truly believe that's what we're here for. So anyway, keep your eye out for that. And I will say, yeah, Federico and I, oh, we ran our self-love course, which Kylie joined us in. And it was a really beautiful experience. That was um, this summer, loving ourselves into power. And we're going to be running that again sometime at the end of this year. So it's probably a good idea to start collecting names to the wait list. If self-love is something that you struggle with, <laughs> if you want to actually experience a more powerful version of yourself um, without the self-criticism, the self-doubt, the self-hate and the shame, um, hit me up. Instagram's probably the best way. You can email me, get on the wait list. I think the the first round was just so powerful and I can't, I cannot wait for the second round. When it's time to announce the next course, I'm making a request right now that we record a Hello Universe episode exclusively devoted to how deeply you and Federico fucked me after this course. <laughs> like, like gutted me like a fish, turned me inside out, and then put me back together. Oh, I love like, that. The old I, I knew, like, Eva and Fetty together, like, sign me up wherever we're going. I don't even need the details. Just like, yes, get me my, get me the train ticket. Uh, and it was... It was an experience unlike anything I've I've really had before of, yeah, being gutted, being held, being put back together. And I think it would be actually really juicy to share that with people. One, because sales director Kylie is like, this is great material to promote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also because I think it's a good story of, um, yeah, the 
journey. Yeah, our, our own personal journey of walking through the shit and yeah. coming on the other side. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for saying that. And also, I think it's just a sign of what a good friend you are. So thank you. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Where do we want to begin? I think I would love to do like a recap of summer, where we've been, what we've been up to, what we've been working on or what's been working on us. Maybe some takeaways, some successes, some horror stories, whatever we got. <laughs> okay. Um, what if we take our standard question to kick off the show, which is what is life teaching you right now? And maybe we modify it for like, what is what has the summer taught you? Like, What is life teaching you in the, the season of summer that has now become fall? Yeah. Okay. You want to go first? I think I can. Okay. Then yeah, I'll go first. I can steal things bubbling up. And I feel like I just want to recap by saying beloveds listeners this has been a wild ass fucking summer like wild capital w life-changing um i like unexpected a re uh, reconfiguration of a lot of my beliefs and and an undoing actually a lot of my beliefs and so what is life teaching me? What has life taught me during the summer? And continues, and it continues, I think is like, this is going to sound, um, you know, I'll just say it. Something that I experienced this summer is I think enlightenment is actually simple. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that's completely out of reach for people. Um, and it's just never what you think it is. So that's something, you know, I feel like that's a saying that like you've said so many times that it's just become a thing that we say it's stuck for me. Like it's never what you think it is. It's like nothing is ever what you think it is. And it's almost like maybe, I don't know, in a, in a paradoxical way, it's like you don't even have to. It, it's almost like enlightenment is the absence of effort. Uh, oh, fucking hey, I'm writing that down. And I, and so like, so it's a paradox, right? Because it's like, well, of course we need to like try and do the things and to, to get us there. But it's also like trust. I truly believe that if we are on the path, like, you know, we set forth the intention that somehow, I think a lot of the people who are listening to this show, we are reincarnated into this life as people who want to awaken. Like, that's just how it is. And if that is what you want, you will without it's like your natural your soul your natural flow will just guide you in that direction without you even having to effort so much and it's maybe just more about like a listening and a trusting but also that like you aren't the doer you know like that's another thing that just keeps coming up for me like I'm not doing it you are not the doer how do you breathe how do you actually breathe are you breathing like you can probably give me a different a scientific explanation of like, oh yeah, your brain does this and blah, blah, blah. And there's these you know things that connect and all of a sudden you're breathing. But like, how does that happen? Like, you don't know. And no one fucking knows. <laughs> and like, there's something greater out here, I think. And I believe that's like incredibly loving and benevolent and powerful. That's running the show. Mm. And... Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's just like some of it, but I, I could go on and on and on and on about the things that I've, I've I've learned and I would love to continue, but I'm going to pass the baton to you and then maybe we'll go back and forth because I could just. Uh, I mean, already get out of town. This is why we have the best fucking podcast because 
Um, enlightenment is the absence of effort. It's just really exquisite. Listeners, before we hit record, we even I did a uh, a ritual to start off season four, which is not something we've done for the show before. We've actually recorded it. And we're going to stick it on the end of the show. If you're if that's your vibe, um, it's it's really fun. So you can listen to that. But I think one of the things that came up in all these different ways in that ritual was this very thing about they're not actually required to try. Right. And that's actually something also something I have been receiving in all sorts of different ways. Efforting and resistance are actually the same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Like um, and it's there's complete paradox here. And so if you if you brain too hard on it, it doesn't you know, you, you, you like squash the bug, but, um, I just, I love what you are speaking to that all of our fixation on, on fixing, on busy, on doing, on scheming, on plotting and planning. It's like just busy. It's just the busy work, right. To like, but it, 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 it's, it's the churn and it's neutral, right. But it's not, uh, it's, it's, um, I really appreciate this concept of enlightenment as the falling away of effort, because what I'm receiving in that is you and I have spoken before on the show and offline, how I think both of you, both of us see this, this arc that people call enlightenment as, as a continuum rather than a destination, Right. And then it's it's an evolution of a falling away and a becoming and a falling away and a becoming. It's not like, oh, you passed this benchmark and now you get the check mark badge of enlightenment. Yep, right. Yep. Uh-huh. And um, and I I I have been receiving a lot in different ways about this medicine of like, you can just let go of suffering, of attaching, of efforting, of planning and proving. And, and I appreciate you winking in that that's actually just what enlightenment is. Yeah. That actually feels really, because I feel like I've already been swimming in that for a while. And then you just dropped in like, uh, like, like wizard behind the curtain style. Are you guys loving that? I'm already back with season four with like seven different insane metaphors that don't make any sense. Have we caught on to that? That's your magic, We're baby girl. Bugs. We're squishing bugs. The the wizards behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm just relishing that because I what I'm receiving in that is once again just the simplicity of this thing that we have made really complicated, right? The simplicity of enlightenment is that it's the place of no effort, which also means, as you know, many teachers have spoken about. You can't fucking effort your way there, right? Eckhart Tolle talks. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Like the moment you're trying to be enlightened, you're just getting in your fucking way, right? Like that, there's no. Yeah. But, but that and also yeah. what's coming up for me as you're speaking, and this is something I'm I'm literally like I you know when, when we talk about like what am I learning? I'm learning this. This isn't fully embodied. Like I'm right. in the process of continuing to explore. But like you can't do it wrong. That's also like kind of yes. what I'm feeling. It's like so this idea of like the moment we start efforting is is how we actually get out of alignment, which I think is true. But also, it once you start once you adopt this idea of like actually you can't do it wrong, then even the efforting isn't wrong, and then you're yes. back to presence, and then you're just like okay, oh I can't, I can't do it wrong. Like it's all part of it, and 
what a beautiful orchestration. Like imagine what, what it would be like if we all moved through life. Like we can't get it wrong. We would be, in my experience, so fucking open that it would actually accelerate our process forward because there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. There's no mistakes. It's just like, I don't know. There's something about, because if you can't do it wrong, then there's no resistance and there's also no efforting. And then you're kind of like already there. There's no, um, what I'm, what I'm feeling as you're speaking to this is how much our commitment to, and programming to make ourselves wrong, just like, that's the, that's our reactivity. That's our suffering, right? Is I see this, I mean, so many times I feel like what it comes back to is surrendering the notion that, that I'm, that I'm required to suffer or that I have earned my suffering in some way or um, you have to suffer in order to that I, right like either right I have to suffer in order to get where I want to go or I have earned this and it's therefore my responsibility to like be in this place until I'm not and I just feel like again and again in particular this summer in particular walking with you and Federico and the self-love program watching how yet another layer of Suffering is not required. Mm. And to make it totally paradoxical and insane, you can't effort your way. You can't like you can you can intellectually receive that, but then you kind of can't do anything about it until it wants to drop away. Right. Like because all the different ways in which I attach to suffering, it's like I'm just attached to them until they don't serve until I have until I've like burned the candle to the ground. Like whatever it is in this particular cycle of suffering that I'm getting something out of, it's just going to keep burning till I stop getting something out of it. And so it's not required, but sometimes some part of me for whatever reason actually wants suffering. And that's also to your point, not wrong. Yeah. And then I think it's like, um, this might sound really trite, but it's almost like, you suffer until you don't want to suffer anymore. Like at some point yeah. you go. Like basically whether or not we know it, I think sometimes the reason that we suffer is because we're attached to it. And it, it, we think that it's serving us in some way or that it keeps us safe. Like, yeah. Like control is a perfect example. Control. If you really look at it, fucking sucks. You know, it, it's, it's a huge source of suffering, but we do it because we think that it's offering us something. So the minute that, Anyway, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, there's a reason that we do it. We're not right. wrong. We're doing it because we think that it's actually helpful. And then at some point we're like, something changes in us where either we're not interested anymore or we see something really clearly and we're like, I don't need this anymore. Or maybe we have a big jolt and something and like life will shove us in the direction of like letting go of control. But it's yeah. like, that's not wrong. Like none of it's wrong. You can't. So you yeah. suffer. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yes. And I think the other thing I'm thinking about, too, is everything you just said I agree with. And I'm also thinking about how sometimes our suffering is also for us. In particular, I'm thinking about some of the some of the moments where painful, loud things have come like roaring into my experience mm-hmm. and and um, well, I think two things I'll say. One is. I think suffering, you know, lots of great teachers talk about suffering is different than pain, right? Mm -hmm. So pain is like 
grief, but grief is also love, right? Stuff like pain is, it's just a part of being human, but suffering is, is a little bit different. Like the avoidance uh-huh. of pain. So like a pain, like pain is like getting a cut and that fucking hurts. And then the suffering is, or like the suffering is being like, I wish I wasn't cut. Like that shouldn't have happened. Like, blah, blah, blah this sucks. Blah, 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 blah. Right, right. It's like our looping, our, our avoidance. And, and it often I think has like, suffering has a feeling of like constipation or churning or spinning or like prison can't move. Right. And all of that is actually different than feeling the pain. Yeah. Um, but I'm also just thinking about like some of the some of the painful things that have come into my life that I have experienced as suffering, right? Like something comes roaring in and and I and it shows up and I experience a kind of looping about it. I'm thinking about some some big things that happened this summer. It was a very joyful summer, but there were some big things that came in that were painful. And in particular, this arc that I went through around some relationships in my life. I watched how when the uh it was how do I want to describe this? Basically, some fractures were revealed in, a, in an old like a relationship that I've had with someone for a very long time. And so when those fractures showed up, when I initially experienced them, they were full of like there was so much churn, right? There was so much suffering, right? So there was the pain, but there was also like a lot of churn and suffering. And and I and that suffering. So in addition to like, we think we need it, but the suffering was also showing me, it was it was like an arrow pointing in, right? Like this place where you're in tremendous, where you can't stop looping, where you can't stop spinning the stories. This is your place of great suffering, go in and down. And so I guess what I'm trying to speak to you is how we cling to suffering because we need it, but that also suffering can be this really beautiful like indicator light about where to oh, go to love ourselves. Completely. Yeah. So then I feel like you're, what you're speaking to essentially is like how we relate to suffering, which then changes our relationship. Mm. With suffering. You know what I mean? It's like it like <laughs> you're talking about how like I, I don't I'm in it right now. So I'll just I'll just preface that. As you know, Kylie, I have this steamy, hot new romance going on in my life. And it's like kind of a big deal. And it's like wonderful and blissful and blah, blah, blah and all these things. And also it's bringing up a lot of my shit and and I'm experiencing a suffering, the churning, meaning like the stories, the worry, like the, there are just, and it has nothing to do with the relationships. It's, it's pointing at where I'm not yet free. It's pointing at like all the stories that I, that are coming up and like my attachment stuff or non-attachment stuff or whatever. It's just pointing at like, oh, in a way I'm like, it feels shitty, but I'm also kind of excited because I trust that these things are coming up because they're ready to be released. Yes. It's like the scene, like one of like, this Vernon Howard quote from this book that I love. That's also from my teacher, Tom, who I love. And it's like the, the noticing of a negative is the greatest positive. Mm. And I, so what you're speaking to is like, yeah, they're suffering, but what you're, but then what you do is that you're noticing that it's a negative, which is then actually changes it to a positive. Cause you're like, oh, this is a portal to liberation. And then I think that kind of changes our relationship to the whole situation so I can see myself in suffering and I can also be like giddy up like I'm ready to fucking let all of this shit go and it's gonna like kind of it's gonna turn and it's probably gonna suck for a while but that's okay like because I really trust the liberation on the other side oh oh my gosh yes I think this is literally the whole fucking thing right it's like suffering shows up and usually we make it wrong right so again we have pain and suffering they're different they're often linked 
the stuff. So pain shows up, we make the pain wrong and that creates suffering. Yep. <laughs> suffering shows up and we make that wrong. And then we're just in this like trap of however our resistance is going to show up in that given moment, be it churn, be it avoidance, whatever. And I really love what you are speaking to. And this is showing up as like an actual flow chart in my mind. <laughs> right? love it. We're like, if this, then yeah. uh, that, that what you're speaking to is that we've spoken a lot about making space for our pain, but I think what you're speaking to specifically is really, is a really big deal, which is actually loving the presence of your suffering because to your point, it's like the moment you, the moment you see it, it starts to change. Mm -hmm. And so when our, when our suffering shows up, there's like a, like a, almost like a welcome party vibe. Like, oh, oh, I mean, this is like how I kind of talk about monsters, right? It's like, oh, hi, Pat. Hi, monster. I mean, but this is monsters. It's, accept- it's, it's like letting it all be there. It's like, what if this is friend, not foe? Yeah. And, and then in particular, seeing, okay, this suffering is here. And like, to your point, it's like, you know, in this moment, you're experiencing like great joy and great suffering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then suffering is great because the liberation is great, right? Mm-hmm. And that was my experience this summer too, is like there was this like kind of tidal wave of churn because the the the, the invitation to freedom was so big. And so <laughs> I, and I can see so clearly how an older version of me would have had this tidal wave just like knock her over and down and around and she would have been like lost in it for a long time. And and this time, in part because I have exquisite, brilliant friends like yourself, but it was, um, it really had, the, the suffering showed up and it was like, you said like, okay, giddy up, great. This means I have just boarded a train that is going like somewhere really fabulous as yeah. long as I just continue to choose how to love myself through and in this suffering. Yeah. And also I will say that speaks to experience. Like I think, mm-hmm. and I say this to all of our listeners, again, just like trusting yourself because the way, the reason you're able to do that is because you had, you've had enough life and spiritual experience now to know that mm-hmm. if you show up, you know, that mm-hmm. like you said, the invitation to freedom and liberation is there. It's almost like, um, like it's a kind of a self-efficacy, but it's not even, it's like trusting life. It's like saying, oh, I've been here before. I know what it's like to be whatever. And also there's always something so liberating on the other side. And yeah, it's that trust. I think trust in life. It's like, I, can you trust life? Can you trust yourself? Yeah. It feels, I think of it as like a muscle memory, right? It's like the, this place of acute suffering can show up and that, you know, what be activated is the me who's like, well, I'll never be loved ever. And here we are. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it can it can be like gnarly because of what's activated. And also I have the muscle memory that this is how things work. It was like Pavlo's dog. Right. The like suffering, the greater the suffering at this point. And there, there is a part of me that's like, oh, this means, this means we picked we picked big freedom. This whatever. This exactly. Yeah, we picked is. big freedom. I like that. And I truly believe that this relationship that I'm I'm embarking upon, which I hope to be able to divulge to everybody listening at some point because it is really juicy and magical, but it's also very fresh and um, private still. Private still, yeah, because there's a lot of things going on. Anyway, but like, 
So everybody, Eva is just teasing you that you should subscribe and listen to every episode because you don't know which one she's going to just exactly juicy little tidbits about her. So I'm going to be teasing everybody all season long. And like, I think the like life changes that are going to be unfolding as part of this adventure are going to be so freaking juicy. But to your point, yeah, I almost feel like my soul has chosen. What did you say? Big, big freedom, big freedom, like. To me, in a way, it's not even about the relationship. It's about the experience that I'm already having is that my soul is like, I don't care if you end up with this person. Like, you're here to experience big freedom regardless of the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. That feels very true for me. Well, and I think also what I want to speak to is the, like, the link between joy. Because what you're also speaking to and what I actually wrote down is reweaving the story of our lives and the story of our like operating system of you know receiving and all of these things through joy so we are in this instance we've been talking a little bit about suffering and how suffering shows up but the antecedent to it particularly in what you're speaking to is like this tremendous joy showed up and so what i'm also loving is that yes suffering can be a portal to big liberation but also, I guess I'm just thinking about how joy itself is an initiation, right? So rather than sometimes we make joy like dessert, right? The reward for good behavior, the place that we arrive. But what I'm feeling in this moment is the way that joy is its own initiator. And it comes in. I mean, this is this is motherhood, right? You like hold your baby and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Right. I've never and to any new mother. And they're like, I have never been so I've never experienced love like this. And I have also never been so scared or never been so miserable. <laughs> right. And and in some ways, I think it's because like joy is the initiator. That's like I'm almost getting the image of you when you put on like a like this isn't kind to joy because I hate overhead lighting. But you turn on an overhead lighting and then all of the like shadows are really harsh, you know, and it's like. Um, I guess I'm just in this moment feeling how joy is this thing that we love and we seek out and we celebrate, but it's a lot spikier than we give it credit for, you know, like it comes in with like a fiery joy, fuck shit up. Like really big joy comes in to fuck shit up because it's like, yeah. Would you love this totally, would you love to have this experience of like totally expansive love? And now do you have to make the space in your body to like keep receiving it? Great. Giddy up. Okay. So I might be splitting hairs here, but do you mean, so does joy fuck shit up or is joy in itself joy? And then it's what follows on the coattails of joy. Oh no. I, in this moment, I'm really feeling like, because I think we make things like love and joy soft. I think we make them like, 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 you know, maybe not you, but I think like our cultural narrative about joy and and love is that they are soft. They're like a little like warm blanket. And like, that can be great. I mean, that can be I, true. I, my response was like, no, I'm like, joy to me feels intense. Like yes. it's like hard. It's like, boom. And it's, and sure it's soft too. Sometimes it's like a warm blanket, but, but anyway, so, so you think that that intense, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I think I'm just the, I am feeling in the spirit of paradox and in the spirit of the like, I think joy walks into the room and it fucks shit up mm. because 
it is an initiation medicine. Like big joy walks into the room and you get this. I mean, how many people, how many people with spiritual, like spiritual awakening or spiritual expansion have this moment? They're just like blown out by some deep connection with source, right? And they're like, and then, you know, it inevitably perhaps fades and they're like, what the fuck just happened? And 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 that becomes this kind of initiation into things being turned inside out, right? Um, and well, I feel in like a good way. You and I talk about joy, though. We have a different, and I, I, do, love, I, this. I yes. love that we have, because like we are, yeah, we experience a lot of things in a similar way, but joy is the one area where I think we have a lot of like nuanced debate because. When in that, even in that example, right? Let's just say you're taking mushrooms or something, and you're like, whatever, you or something happens, your heart like is like so fucking open, and you're connected to all, and it's just pure joy. I think in that isolated experience, that's just joy. I feel like everything else that you're talking about is after joy. It's not joy itself. It's I don't actually like. So what you're saying is like, and you come out of it, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And there's this initiation, but I consider that all. Answer mm. it. Okay. Okay. Yes, I do love when we get into our like joy <laughs> nuances <laughs> because, okay, I actually think I have to, I should clarify because I think I'm actually, those are two different examples. I do think that the like, you have a mushroom trip and you see God and then you come out of it and you're like, well, kind of feel fucked up and scared. You're right. Those are kind of two separate events. But I also think that joy when i say joy is an initiation i think what i really do feel is the way in its intensity joy doesn't pull punches and joy itself in its intensity also inevitably highlights for you where you don't have room for joy or where you are scared of joy and it's it's you could say it's an effect of joy fear, isn't it that's fear not joy itself I don't necessarily think it's fear. I also think it's, I'm feeling that this is like an act of service and love that joy has to offer, mm -hmm. right? Is that joy is saying like, I'm it. I am peak mm -hmm. bliss with everything. And you want more of me. It's the thing that you are just running around like a nut job chasing. And so like, here you go. Here's a taste. And in the taste, I'm going to highlight where you don't have room for me. Yeah, I love that. This actually is a callback to something you and I were talking about even before we started recording where I was talking about how like all this love has come in through this new relationship and I've just been there's been some fear that's been popping up and talking so again talking actually to my ex-partner Adam who you know, we we've just developed our own really beautiful relationship after a breakup. He was like you deserve good things. Like, I feel like he was saying, like, you're just worried because you're imagining that it can't be this good. And like, it can be this good, but you're not. So you're, you can't accept it into your body yet completely. And that's kind of what you're speaking to. It's like, it's this joy that I'm feeling is pointing to where it's also actually hard for me to believe that it could be this good. Yes, because joy inevitably fills the mark, goes all the way to the margins, and so then it shows you where the margins are. This is where I say, like, joy sometimes feels uncomfortable or spiky because when I'm really in it, I can also feel where it, I can just feel it touching the edges of where it is, where it exists in my body. And so there's a, 
it actually, I, I honestly at this point kind of experience it as a like kind of delicious kind of ecstatic tension of like pleasure pain, right? Because it's like, I, it's like I can feel the spot in my body where joy has found a limit. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just like sitting there mm-hmm. like, hi, this doesn't need this limit. It, and it doesn't always have like a story or a language. It's like a physical sensation where joy is just, you know, say love, but joy is just resting on whatever false limit exists. And it's just leaning there. And so there's this like kind of ecstatic pleasure, pain, tension. And there's a honestly a kind of, for me, somatic resilience that I experienced just in giving myself a moment of feeling into that exact point. Mm-hmm. The and part, then I think, I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. Because I think the other thing I would say to what, to 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 reinforce this is that you didn't know about these limits until joy showed up. Totally. Yeah. Right. And so that's what I mean about really good. They got so good that I was like, whoa, like this I need is... new, I need more space. Like I've outgrown, like you've outgrown mm-hmm. your joy receptacle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Something and it, it almost feels like something that I didn't think was possible then became possible. It really truly was a breakthrough of limits. And so what I love what you just said is that joy shows us where false limits exist. And then anyway, that could be an Instagram post. <laughs> like that needs to be written down somewhere because it's real good. Um yeah. And yeah, it's so interesting. Like even as I'm saying, and I've been I've been feeling this. I've been noticing like, oh, things are so good, blah, blah, blah. One way that I can see myself limiting joy because it feels uncomfortable. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be allowed to feel this good when other people are suffering. Or like, I don't want to brag. Or like, here I am being obnoxious on a podcast, telling everybody like how wonderful everything is. And like someone out there who's suffering is just like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, I I don't want to hear that because I'm really depressed right now. You know, whatever. And (laughs) yeah, joy feels excessive, you know, in a way. Anyway, but, but even as I, as I'm saying this, I'm like, challenge accepted bitches yeah like, I can feel how I'm like because I've experienced it because I know that there's like no limit to joy or at least intellectually I know that I and because of like these new experiences that have come into my life I'm like I I want to really test the limits of this and the boundaries of this unapologetically and be like could it be this fucking good oh yeah. so Another, so I went on this retreat this this um, summer, folks, and that's partly why I think I've been so deep in my spiritual practice and blah blah blah. And one of the themes from the spiritual retreat was like, it's a Byron Katie quote where she says, "Just when you think it can't get any better, it does. It has to. It's mm. off. Like it just gets better and better. Usually, I think it gets better and then it gets worse. Like that's another thing I've been learning this summer. It's like it gets better and then all I all I imagine." Because I'm such a worry war, is it is the um, horror, like scary movie where everything's really idyllic and all these friends go on summer vacations and everyone's so happy, blah, blah, blah. And what do you, what's going to happen next is like someone gets their head chopped off. Or like, you know, like the, like in Brene Brown's book about vulnerability, which is very much tied to joy, she talks about how like you see a happy family at the beginning of the movie, they're going on a road trip, everyone's singing, blah, blah, blah. What do you expect to happen? They get hit by like a two by four. You know, it's like, we think things are good. And then this, the message in society is like, well, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. And I, 
Yeah. And I'm saying like, you know what? Fuck that. Yes. Okay. I love that. And you've used this metaphor a couple of times as we've been talking over the summer too. And it's funny because every time you t- use that, that, that particular example, the pattern I know well, but that particular example, I have like this cognitive dissonance because all I'm watching is kids' movies. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens in a Disney movie? They start with singing. There's some experience of conflict and then they end with singing. And so I think what's interesting as you're sharing that is also like you, you go to a, you, you go to a movie and you go to us. You, you, when you turn on a certain genre, you have different kinds of expectations. So like what, what's the programming that you're mm-hmm. plugged into and if your programming is horror movie for your personal yep. life you enjoy it for entertainment by all means but if it's if that's your programming could could you swap it out to you know rom-com or yes. you know stand-up comedy or totally. yes yes i love this yeah this is yeah this is the perfect metaphor it's like you can just like Put on a different lens, essentially, right. when it changes your reality. Because when you when you when you go to the when you go into the Barbie movie, you like go into that movie knowing it has a happy ending, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, that movie did make me sob, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get to talk about it. Okay, so this is amazing, and I can talk forever more about the things that I'm learning, and I and I'm beginning to realize I think this is going to be like you know probably a theme that runs throughout the season, like all the things that are, that are unfolding for me. But I want to turn it to you and ask, what's life teaching you right now, Miss Kylie Caldwell? Well, I really am relishing where this conversation turned um, because I'm also a really big believer, as you know, in intention. And I always, always find that like firsts set their own kind of intention. So I'm a big, I have a really big practice of setting intention I make my clients do it all the time. I do it myself all the time. Uh, I made us do it for the podcast all the time. Um, but I also find that when I work with a new client, the first call, whatever we end up talking about and is the intention for the container. Mm-hmm. Or even if I work with a client for six months and they sign up for another three months, the first call of the next three months is the intention for that. That's just like inevitably what happens. So I am really relishing that we're essentially creating the joy episode as the or as our uh, un, unintentional intention, right? Mm-hmm. The joy itself is coming in to be like, yeah, have more of me because, and that feels very connected to what I feel like I am learning right now, which is actually allowing things to be easy. Mm-hmm. And even as I say that, I can feel a little. I can, I can actually feel my, again my body's response. It's like, don't say that out loud. Are you sure yeah. about that? Are we committing yeah. to that? That feels very dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the kids are in school. They are loving it. Yeah, I mean, um, this is like the first to, for to clarify. Like, this is the first time both of them are off to like yeah. school. Yeah, off to school multiple out right because last year for anyone who didn't know last year does he my so i have a i have a six-year-old and a four-year-old my six-year-old did kindergarten last year but we did a hybrid homeschool situation where he and my daughter went to an outdoor nature school three days a week for a couple of hours and then we did kind of unschooling homeschool in part because he's a really hyperactive kid and i was 
and very sensitive. And so I was very concerned about his combined ability to be still for a full day of school, kindergarten school day in my town, and not internalize, negatively internalize the instruction to be still. Right. And so I kind of kept him home for a year in part to figure out like what he needed. It just, my, my mama instinct was like, it's not the time. And I'm really, really jazzed about that decision because he was so ready this year. He was excited. He has a lot of confidence academically this year. Um, he's already reading like a freaking third grader. Um, and like really loves, he loves Matthew. He came home. He's like, I'm a scientist. Like he's really like jazz to be an academic in a way that he didn't he didn't have access to before he has a deeper sense of self-awareness and a little more access to kind of stillness in a way that he didn't have so very jazzed about the decision to stay home and also y'all I'm not cut out to be a homeschool mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah right like I turns out I like intellectual rigor for myself (laughs) right so um so Desi's in first grade at a public school. He's loving it. Birdie is at preschool five days a week. Combo, long days, short days. She's really, really loving it. I mean, girl, this is like a milestone, dude, right? The first time in motherhood where your kids are kind of, I mean, you've had childcare before, but this is like, I think these and are the moments in, in, in your own personal life as a parent. Not a, It's not about your kids. It's like, yeah, it's like, more space is there this is season four and it's the first time we're recording a daytime episode without it being stressful and mm-hmm. we always have always have recorded 8 30 eastern time because my kids will be in bed there was a couple times where we tried to record when you were in taiwan before my kids woke up right like we have we have recorded the show around like my whole life has run around like basically i've always i've Aside for the majority of working for myself, I had given myself the bare minimum of childcare, right? Mm-hmm. And then tried to spend as much other time with my kids, which was both desire and sacrifice, all muddled together like motherhood often is. And so, yeah, so, so, so I have been kind of sitting with this question of like, what if it got to be easy and what would easy look like for a while? And I actually, it's like really big aha just before birdie started school where i realized i had known it for a while but i'd been like looking at it out of the corner of my eye where i realized like i really needed her to go to school five days a week where she we had picked three with the idea that maybe would graduate up to five and i had this moment where i just texted my husband in the middle of the day we don't really text in the middle day and i was like she's got to do five days i can't i can't and um and so there's this way that i think for the first Honestly, since the first time my kids were born that I am actually giving myself space. First time in six years, baby. Yeah. That's that's what I'm witnessing. Yeah. And and I can I can already feel the like shift in my body of just I'm not trying to do everything at the same time. I'm not and I'm not um yeah. So so a big realization for, for me has been, and so, so that's one thing is like the space of um, my kids being in school and unsurprisingly, they friggin' love it, right? So it's, it's you know, I say all the time, what serves you serves others. And it's just another example of like, I needed this space and it's also exactly what they fucking needed. They're so happy, right? Literally Desi all week has, 
gets done with goes to go to bed and he's starving because he's not eating dinner because he wants to talk to us about school so much. <laughs> right like good for you good for everyone else like yeah Take that so, with you, podcast listeners. That's just something that Kylie and I both put in our back pocket, and it's really helpful. <laughs> and I think some of the tricky thing is figuring out what good for you looks like, because part right. of right. the conflict for me has always been a genuine confusion about, well, how much do I want with my kids? How much do I want for my work? How much do I want for like sitting in the grass with a book by myself? And so, and I don't, I don't think that will ever not be confusing. I think that's part of the motherhood initiation. Um, but I've been asking the question a lot for a long time. So, so the ease of and space of my kids going to school is, feels really monumental. And as I mentioned, I also started taking ADHD meds, which turns out when you have an executive function disorder and then you get some help with your executive function, life is fucking easier. Go figure. I mean, it, it's that has actually been its own really big spiritual experience of like I just kind of feel like I keep seeing wave after wave instead of being like bludgeoned like wave after wave of like see how easy this could be see how easy this could be see how easy this could be right to the point of like suffering it was like all of these things that I was making really challenging because I needed them to be challenging right so there's like real compassion here but um I've always thought of myself as someone who was like pretty compassionate about ADD stuff. And it turns out I wasn't right. Mm -hmm. It's like, like I started taking this pill and uh, so many things are easier. Like my house is, you know, my house feels so much easier to maintain. And that's been a place of like real story and suffering and marital struggle. And and it turns out, once again, because I was trying to, like, white knuckle away my way through it, right? Like, it was hard. And and I kept coming to the question of home and chores with compassion. But also, I was still trying to make it something I singularly resolved. Yeah. And so the gift of taking Vyvanse, which maybe I'll take forever, maybe I'll take for a year. I don't know. I'm not, you know, it's it's an it's a gift right now. But the gift of it is... Um, you, you you can't do everything all by yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if things are really hard, it's because they're really hard. Yeah. And maybe you need to kind of like resource some support. And maybe because you're confused and overwhelmed, you don't know what the right resource is. You know what I mean? Well, I think what, what strikes me about this is like, okay, so the takeaway is like, you don't have to do everything by yourself. But I think that for many of us, we don't know that we're either trying to do it all ourselves or that we are doing it all ourselves. Like, I mean, I think that's what's kind of your experience is that sometimes you just don't know a better way. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't know, I guess what I, but again, this is where suffering is friend, not foe is like, I think you can kind of, it's like, how can you tell if you're overextended or if something's, you know, you can, or something it's, you can tell because they're suffering. Like yeah. you're overwhelmed and something's hard and you're just like, what is going on? Like, I'm trying to figure this out and I can't get it and you're stuck. And I don't know, that's probably pointing to, to you know, to look at how can this be different? And I think that's exactly what you did to get you yeah. where you are now. Like, and it yeah. wasn't clear to you until then you took the medication 
And then now as your kids are going to be away and you're going to notice like, oh, this is what well, having a little bit more space feels like. And I didn't know how hard I was holding on or how hard I was turning previously because you had nothing to compare it to. But so sometimes it's like in hindsight, we see what we're doing. But I think what's most important is just that you are suffering. And that led to an opening of like, hmm, let me see how I can do it differently. Yes. And it, what what I'm also thinking about is the whole conversation we just had about joy and how you have these moments where you you basically don't know how good you could feel, right? Yeah. Joy comes in or relief because I think the uh, space to me feels uh, probably the flavor is relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and relief comes in and it's this moment of, oh, I didn't see that I was suffering because I actually didn't know this feeling was available. Mm-hmm. Totally. So yeah. there's a certain level of suffering that we, there's, there's, there's the suffering that shows up and we're like, oh, I got to look at this. And then there's also just like the the suffering that's so familiar, we don't even see it. We're just, we're swimming in it and we just think that that's normal. And then and- we have a moment of relief or joy bursts in or some kind of like break. And the break can be things get worse, right? But sometimes I think the break is also like your experience of falling in love or my experience of this like big exhale coming in that gives us a, like a new North star. Yeah, that has felt really huge for me. That was actually another takeaway that I had this summer of like, that's, wait, hold But yeah, on this retreat, seeing all the ways that I, I was camping in Canada and I was in this tent and I, I just remember crying, just crying one night because there was something about the retreat that, um, showed me all like the tiny almost in some ways so subtle that I didn't notice like you just don't notice sometimes but all the subtle ways in which I was acting out of integrity with myself or acting like my heart was closed what that's what I mean by out of integrity kind of it's like my heart was closed when in fact it wants to be open like just all it's almost like death by a thousand cuts it's subtle like I don't I don't don't know it but then being in a place of peace helps me see what was possible, which then in comparison made me see clearly more like in my everyday ways in which, I don't know, I could just have access to more, I guess is is, is what I'm saying. And so um, this piece about, the other thing about like joy, which I think is really just on topic is, I think we just think that this is how it's supposed to be. Like we're supposed to suffer. I think there's a lot of like negativity and cynicism and, maybe even guilt about privilege or for whatever flavor, whatever our flavor is, is like, like, oh yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like hard and, and, and blah, blah, blah. And again, this thing of like, if it gets too good, uh, it, it's, I don't know, undeserving or something, you know, like it can't just be all good all the time. And I'm kind of like, why not? Well, and I think when I look at that, when I have moments of, of looking at, it's almost like I can see the tendrils of where my suffering, um, like where my attachment, like my own attachment to suffering, like almost like um, like like they're like weighted, uh, they're weighting me down, right? Sometimes that's how it feels, like this 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 need for um, or investment in suffering, and I can feel a lot of times that there's this sense that, well, if I'm not suffering, then I'll be alone. Which is hilarious, right? Because suffering makes us feel so alone. But there's there's so much collective suffering 
And there's sometimes a lot of like ways that humans bond through suffering. Trauma exists for sure. (laughs) Right. And I think that there's, I can see sometimes that there's a part of me that's afraid that basically if I don't suffer, I'll just float away. Hmm. I don't, it doesn't seem logical, but I've touched in to see that before that. Like, Wait, what do you mean by float away? Because I can understand the being alone. I, I interpret that to mean when you do you mean like if you're not suffering, that you'll be out of quote unquote out of touch with reality or unrelatable. And like you'll feel like you're um, not isolated, but you're like um, displacing other people because you're not suffering and they are. I think it feels like. If I'm not that that because the programming is so deep that suffering is the connective tissue between all of us, that if I'm not suffering, then I'm disconnected from everybody. Yeah. So if I want connection, Mm -hmm. then I need to hold on to suffering. And the first time I saw this, I kind of started the intention the way I do. I set the intention of like, what if the fabric of weaving was, was love and joy instead of suffering? And what if these, these Mm -hmm. threads got replaced and they were, and so I could feel that the connective tissue is that, there's that everyone is that we all love each other or that we are all love or whatnot rather than our connective tissue of suffering um oh my god and so there might be different there's like might be it it also when i touch it it it's beneath story so it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily have a actually i take it back i think the loudest story is if i'm not suffering I'll be so big that I will destroy people, mm-hmm. which listeners will know I'm an elephant. If you get to, if you listen to our little ritual at the end, and that's, that's also, that's the fear. That's the anxiety. It's like, if I'm not, if I'm not suffering, if I'm not small in some way, and again, this stuff lives like deep, 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 right? But when I touch into it, I can see it. Um, then I'll just stomp all over everybody and I'll hurt them all. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just really quiet and reflective because I feel like this is touching like a, core thing for me and again like this is why I love the podcast <laughs> I'm like I'm like oh I've missed this I've missed diving into uh I don't know the inner workings of the psyche with you and all of that but um and the heart and the soul but I guess I think that's that's generally a very common belief um and it's our conditioning and blah 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 and I guess I just wonder like First, I see what's happening is that once we, I think that's really good to see. Like once you, at least once you see it, and I think it, you know, you bring something from the unconscious to the conscious level. That's the beginning of it, at least having the opportunity to be released. Mm -hmm. Like that maybe isn't true. Maybe it's not true that in order to be connected to people, I have to suffer. And then to really look at reality and see I'm just looking for examples in my own reality where actually it's when people are really joyful and loving, mm-hmm. I actually feel mm-hmm. more connected. And yeah. I guess, do you think that that's true? Like, I, I think there's a, there was a past version of me where like when I was really in my shit and I was cynical and depressed that if someone was really happy, I think I might actually have been annoyed, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I would have been like, but is that even true? I, or is, I, I can't really tell. I can't tell if that's just like a, story that I'm telling myself because on on the other end there's also like people who I just find so infectious mm-hmm. like people who are genuinely happy and free and all I want to do is have more of that and be more around them and I'm like you are like medicine for my soul um 
what what I so what's interesting is you're kind of speaking to unhooking from the suffering that like who am I to be this happy right basically like can you be happier than other people and what I'm watching because I'm kind of sitting with this and I'm not afraid I mean it's there but it's not the loudest thing that like my joy itself will push people away or will alienate people what I'm feeling is oh this is really beautiful once again grateful what I'm feeling is that the suffering is withholding from myself the things that I want because it's actually the desire that I think is dangerous and will stomp on everybody. And so the thing that I'm feeling is that, yeah, that the thing that's dangerous, this is not the first time I've seen this, that the thing that's dangerous is that I have this like big hunger and that if I let it out, I will have the joy of having what I want, but it will come at the cost of everybody in my life because Mm -hmm. it's this disruptive, selfish, dangerous energy. Yeah. And that's just another version of where we can apply what's good for you is good for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I can see, so I see what you're saying. And that's just, as we continue to like, quote unquote, up level, or as you could say, go deeper within whatever you want to call it. Um, this, that story, the stories that the same stories come up again and again, but like the bigger, the, the quote unquote more high stakes it feels, um, the louder the story will get. Right. And so mm-hmm. you experience that story same with your kids of like, what was it? Um, yeah, what's good for you? Well, it's good for you. Putting your kids in school is actually good for everybody else. And like, then there's like some resolution there. Whereas maybe like two years ago, you would have felt guilty about that. You know, like, oh, oh, for two years ago, it wasn't even it wasn't an even an available thing to consider. Right. And also they were younger and I had different desire. Right. right? But I also think part of why it felt. I think some part of me knew two years ago that I didn't actually want to be in mom mode as much as I was. And I felt that 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 desire felt really like I could I can I have a moment where I remember standing and brushing my teeth and looking in the mirror and like really like kind of hear hearing spirit being like. You, you aren't interested in stay-at-home motherhood. Like, this is not actually a thing that you enjoy or like. And then immediately feeling so much tension around that desire. Um, but also to our point in the beginning, I think that's okay because I think, I, I think actually part of this, like my desire is safe and my hunger is like really letting my hunger be a thing that I trust is actually just like, one of the journeys that my soul's kind of committed to this whole experience, right? And so if motherhood is like this big initiation around desire and there's like lots of layers of nuance and tension and suffering that can show up, that feels like not a thing I'm doing wrong. It feels like this is the initiation yeah, you asked exactly, for. exactly. Yeah. But anyway, just to say that like, so, you know, that was two years ago and now you're here and you're like, what's good for you is good for everybody else. And you don't feel like, oh, you getting your desire met means that you're going to obliterate everything around you. And so now you're speaking to, it's just another different level of you being, again, we're referencing this elephant, which is the card that Kylie pulled for herself at the beginning, that will play for you guys at the end. Um, And again, just all a story. It's all just 
story, fear. Like I can see so clearly now, like obviously you'll have your own journey with this, but I'm like, because I, because I'm not identified with the same story and I can like step outside from it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. easy. I don't like, I don't like, like there's a way that you could just annihilate, like see clearly that this is just another story that if you are Mm -hmm. so big that you're just going to annihilate everyone. I'm like, it's just a different iteration of where you're eventually going to get to what's good for you is what's good for everybody else. Like your bigness is going to serve everybody else. And which is kind of what I'm also saying, like my joy, could it be that my joy will serve everybody else instead of feeling like I'm going to alienate people like you're gonna light us the fuck up. Yeah. What if it's like you're gonna get glow like a thousand <laughs> suns, and we're just gonna like sunbathe in your warmth, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and and can we just speak to maybe the discomfort of like maybe my joy will rub people the wrong will rub mm-hmm. some people the wrong way, and that's that's and and also maybe your bigness will rub some people the wrong way and maybe that's also part of it which is that we need to learn the lesson of like we're not here to please everybody and and for me that definitely feels like fuck damn it like that's also part of the initiation because i'm so glad you said that because this is the gorgeous thing about like you know sacred friendship is because i can see with tremendous clarity that if your joy if your joy pisses somebody off, like that's exactly got exactly the medicine they needed, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have just been sent off to like they got their homework, right? Yeah. Yep. And that it is not a thing that you have done wrong, uh, and that is not only a them problem, but like that's what they needed, oh, right? Yeah, like and- mm-hmm. yeah, just the idea that triggers sometimes are not bad. It's like what is it showing you what's right. unresolved within you? Like if you're so triggered by someone who's joyful, good. Right. Great. Yes. Yes. Go, go with that. And then what's interesting is because I can see that that feels like the most obvious thing in the world, but the idea that my stompy feet might like, you know, someone might feel flattened by them. That feels like, but that's because my feet were too big. Right. Right. It's, I can feel the cognitive dissonance. It's like, but that's me. I was wrong there. Like it's okay for you, but it's not okay for me. But I think once again, seeing the cognitive distance, I actually think is the, is a beginning Mm -hmm. good thing because you're like, what is the truth of reality here? Like it can't, how it can't be true for one person and not the other. It's just that we're really identified with our own stories. So thank you, cognitive dissonance. And yeah, I can see like, if someone is, feels like they're being squashed by your big elephant feet, it's like, if they're triggered by you, good. Like you're offering them some really big medicine. Like you're doing them a fucking favor and not, and I'm not, I don't mean that in a righteous way, but I've had that experience where someone will feel so confident or so big and I feel judgment towards them. Like maybe it's something that I see on Instagram and thankfully in the past I didn't, but now I have the wherewithal to be like, take responsibility for my own shit. Like this person is not doing anything to make me feel a certain way. I make myself feel a certain way. And it is so liberating to be able to take responsibility instead of being a victim and being like, oh, this person stepped on me with their big elephant feet. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, but no, it's like, you are not a victim in this circumstance. Yeah. And again, there's an opportunity for liberation here. Oh my God. Okay. This is so good because you're making me think about how a moment where I recently walked myself, I was on the other end. So there's this same thing, a particular woman on Instagram who's like, her confidence is astounding. <laughs> her confidence just actively pisses me 
<laughs> and, and there's and like she's the, the one person on the internet that I totally hate follow like I just I unfollow people and I know like I see her posts and I'm like buckle up let's get uh-huh. ourselves pissed off yeah yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. right and there's some story I can tell about like integrity and this stuff but basically what I'm pissed about is that this woman stands up on a stage and is like I am exceptional mm. what are you doing not getting in line to see what I have to offer and it makes me furious and I was watching it the other day watching like that reaction and I could see so clearly like my story about her integrity is entirely meaningless because actually what I'm pissed about is that I don't give myself permission to that same kind of confidence Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's interesting because I could see that and then and then and then had a moment of like being grateful for how pissed off I continue to be. Like this is this isn't we are yes. mid and, we are mid story on that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and and so that actually I'm really grateful you use that you use that example because I can feel how then I can like cast the story the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. So her confidence and how much that pisses me off is not a her problem. That is a me problem. So if my big feet make someone feel squashed, maybe that also doesn't have to be a me problem. Yeah, for sure. Well, because, okay, I can go on and on. We can talk about this forever. But I will just say, like, this might be a loaded question. Maybe you don't have you don't have the same feelings that I do. But when you're like, oh, you see this person who is so fucking, like, unapologetically herself and super confident and that, like, rubs you the wrong way. Once you start to see, like, because here's the thing, judgment of people sucks. Like, there's a quote that says, and I think feel I, I feel this way when I observe my own experience. Like, when I judge someone, actually, the first person to suffer is me. Like, because oh yeah, so shitty. It's like it's like a, it's almost like a, like a ping pong. Like, I think I'm throwing a ball at someone, but it actually, just comes back and hits me right in the face. <laughs> it's and so, in your example of like you're judging this person. And again, I have all those examples too, where I judge this person and it doesn't feel good for me. I feel liberated when I'm like, oh, I, she's not doing anything. Like this is, I take responsibility for my own shit. I don't know if that feels so good to me. Yes. And I will layer in, I think specifically, because I've had, I've had this feeling about this particular person I follow online for a little while the what you're saying about the like this is a me thing I've like known that but it's been intellectual but I think a turning point is when I specifically sat with the with the like kind of nasty feelings to be like okay what do you want Mm, yeah right so it wasn't just I'm responsible this isn't right because I was doing that intellectual distancing for a while like this is a me thing not a her thing but that was not not actually resolving it. It was just, which is its own, that is its own helpful, like to create some distance is a good, is a helpful part. But the actual shift happened when I actually sat down to be like, these nasty feelings have something very specific. Right, like why are and they kind of sat in, And mm-hmm. I kind of sat in reverence with them and that's when they were like, yeah, because you're, you're not that and you want to be you want to be that confident. Yeah. It just shows you what you want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, and that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I mean is like, 
taking like once you take responsibility, quite mm. hard to take your responsibility is being like, wait, what is this showing me? And also in a mm. weird way, then this person is actually becoming your teacher, but she's giving you this like oh, for sure. gift, right? Because you're like, you're seeing all the things that you see in her that you want to either see in yourself or experience yourself or blah, 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 blah. So, you know, thank you, whoever this person is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my Eva, I could not love you more. Oh my goodness. I am so back. So glad we are back in action. I just listeners, we really love you. And we are excited about season four. We already have some really good guests lined up. I think the energy of this season, I mean, we haven't even really talked about this yet. Maybe we'll, we'll like tease it throughout, but the energy of the season really feels fucking fierce and sassy. And I don't know, we've been around the block, you know, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Well, and I think joyful and easy, right? That's what we spoke to today. And we spoke to joy and ease. And so I, I think we've, yeah, I think that's what we've actually always wanted, though. We've talked about joys and ease yes. before. And I think we've done a pretty good job, like with, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just think it's a, like to the point of like more, right? Like more, we've, yeah. ex- we're expanding and have expanded the space yeah. for <laughs> even more joy and even yeah. more ease. Wait, so this is coming out on Wednesday. I just forgot. We're also doing an advice. Like we're doing a live launchy. Oh, we should have mentioned. Well, whatever. We'll, we'll share this on the socials too. But we're doing. All the socials. Yeah. A launch party. We're having a launch party. Friday. So two days after this comes out. Friday the 22nd. Where we are going to be answering your questions, y'all. Um, we're going to try our first sort of like Q&A question advice thing. I mean, I think Kylie and I. Now, I know Kylie and I are very well equipped to answer all of your fucking existential, spiritual, also everyday questions about whatever, love, health, family, friendship, people, difficult people in your life, making decisions, feeling stuck, like all of it. Money. You all know I love to talk about your money. Money, (laughs) business. Uh, Yes. So we are here for it. If you want to send us your questions um there's a million ways you can do that you can email the podcast you can email me and kylie all that information should be in the show notes you can send us dm through instagram send us your questions and we will be able to give you an answer pretty quickly on friday on the live or read it out loud it can be anonymous and if it works out well we would like to make this a continual thing yeah yeah should we do this whole episode has been joy but should we do a round of joy yes (laughs) Okay, well, the thing, the joy that I want to share is fresh on my, I was going to say fresh on my lips, fresh on my hips, fresh on my everything, which is like, I just came back from Mexico. (laughs) And I am tanned and bronzed like a fucking goddess. I spent a week in this little beach town. Um, I've never been to Mexico before. I got there and it was a moment of like, oh, can life like really be this good? And it was a dream. It was unreal. It was like, yeah, I got to go there and spend a week with my hot lover dude. And it was just, I don't know, I have no language, but um couldn't be it's like stuff that like yeah dreams and movies are made of it's like it's being swept away on this romantic week week which just it just felt like 
consciousness and life and the universe and my soul the whole time were just like, this is just all for you. Like you are meant to enjoy this. And like, could it not only, but like, could it be that then like all of life is for you? Like it was, yeah. Um, so delicious and felt like a miracle really is what it felt like. <laughs> and also Mexico is just so freaking cool. Oh, just like the colors and the people and everyone was like, yeah, lots of thoughts on like America and being like, I just, I just felt like everyone there was like middle class, but like happier, like happier and never, I don't know. There's, I don't know, in America, I don't know, like this might be like a small thing, but I never once worried about my shit getting stolen on the beach. I like left my phone and my wallet out there. And I don't, you hear stories about like Mexico, like dangerous or whatever. I would never do that in the States. I would never like, I don't, in LA, if I were to go to the beach, no fucking way am I leaving my phone on the beach. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just feel like Mexico was a place where people are genuinely, at least where I was, just felt like people were there just to enjoy life. It's simple, not complicated. Food is fucking good. Everyone's drinking tequila. The water is there to soothe your soul. And it's like where life is meant to be enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I want to speak very specifically to the part of you who is you know, worried that her joy might whatever, whatever, whatever. Because as you were saying that, I just felt like head to toe, like I was receiving. Mm. I felt that felt like energy magic as you were sharing specifically the joy and bliss of your experience. Mm. So I, I just want to reinforce, I really do think that you experiencing and receiving and then also pouring forward that this is a chapter of tremendous joy is is actually really big medicine for those of us who get to receive it thank you kylie i appreciate that yeah i'll tuck that into my pocket just when you think it can't get any better it does it has to it's the law <laughs> what's bringing me joy um i just got cheered up <laughs> um my friends uh-huh <laughs> bringing me joy is how much I feel loved by my friends and thankful for all the ways that they uh, walk me through the ability to be held and be more myself and feel that life gets to be good. Can I speak on that? Mm -hmm. So as a friend of yours, People I call Kylie my life wife. I have a couple of life wives. She's one of them. But like the reason I know this feels, you know, you're getting you're getting emotional talking about your friendships because as someone who gets to be in friendship with you, like this isn't just like, oh, friends. It's like deep and profound and we're like held. It feels like we talked almost like we talked over the summer about like it's almost like romance, like maybe not like romance, romance, but it's it's not. For me, it's not any less than I think a romantic relationship, like these types of deep, powerful, intimate, fun, silly friendships, like they're meaningful. Like this isn't just like a passing thing, you know, like a flippant thing. It's like, yeah, you, you, you specifically create friendships that feel like deep wells of comfort and connection. So 
yeah, I understand why you get emotional about it because they feel really powerful. I mean, I feel powerful i know that you feel that way with other people that you're, that you're surrounded with and like how lucky are we how lucky are we we're so freaking lucky because yeah i think this is like a privilege and an honor and it's just something we're lucky that we get to experience in this lifetime i think for ages i have i have had really 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 tremendous friendships throughout my life since uh-huh. i got my first best friend megan in middle school was still you know still my ride or die um but i i know for a long time particularly since my kids were born i have struggled to like balance and receive and like trust that i am that i am worthy of those friendships that i am i have uh, the balance of friendship in motherhood has been complicated in ways that have to do with believing i'm worthy of love believing that the way I can show off is, is is an acceptable way, communicating what I need, all sorts of layered things. And as a result, I have been in a little bit of a chapter of like really being worried that I'm not a good friend. And, and it feels really, really beautiful to in this moment uh, as, I, as that initiation continues to unfold uh, to just actually really be in a place of yeah, just receiving the goodness of friendship and my friends in particular and like actually really being able to receive it in a way that it's like I've had all these friends who loved me for a while, but there's been a chapter where they were all a little bit at an arm's length. Mm-hmm. And so in particular, part of why I'm crying is because it feels pretty monumental to have even more access to letting everybody. Yeah, to letting in, letting it in and to allowing yourself to be loved yeah 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 i hear you more that yeah oh so i think for both of us and for all of us to love that is not that is not rooted in or required or required of like performance Mm -hmm. you know yeah but to love that is just love unconditional to see that that's the true nature of the love that's available like that's what's already there right but it's to see that that's what's actually there is yeah. the love's unconditional. Yeah. Well, I love you, friend. I feel like that seems like a good note to end things on. Um, if you like this episode, <laughs> do all the things. Like, subscribe, share it with your people. Um, share it with your friends. Send them, be like, uh, this is how I love you unconditionally. Listen to this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Share it with people. Yeah. And um reviews we had i think yeah we love some fresh reviews that's always really nice uh we love it when people say nice things and it's been a while i would say it's been a while since someone left a review again we've been on summer break someone left something um anyway before summer break but um please help stroke our egos we love that (laughs) (laughs) we can't wait to ride with you all season I went to cut the deck and then like no, that was funny. Here, try again. (laughs) So fun. Okay. Well, first of all, you got the sea serpent.
Ooh, I've gotten that one before, but I can't remember what it is. But I know it's in like the mystical, magical realm. In the mystical, magical realm. So I love that. I, I, I mean, so I'm just gonna say what I get, and then we can pick. Oh, I like that. I never do that. (laughs) Oh well, as your most, you know, as your psychic friend, yes, yes. that's the key, right? The key. This is what I actually do with my kids now because they really like these clear animals. Is we flip that, we flip a card, and then. I will ask Birdie, like, okay, well, what what do you see in this picture? I and love she, that. Like, make stuff up or yeah. gives me directly channeled divine guidance. It's really 50-50. And, but, um, but I think that's way more fun than immediately going to the book because mm-hmm. it's really about, like, these are just prompts for to tell you what you already know, right? Yeah. So, so actually then, here's your question. Oh. What do you see? What do I see? Thank you. I mean... I see an eye, so it may be something about clear seeing. I don't know. This card feels very, like, charged and powerful to me. Like, um, I don't know. It gives me a feeling of, like, we're going into the mystical land and buckle up, but not, like, in a – there's no good or bad. It's more just, like – like yeah just like we're gonna dive into the mystical but also something about the fact that it's a circle um feels like what does the circle represent to me like i don't know it just feels like um what is that feeling maybe safety or like some continual cycle of some sort yeah maybe it feels like it feels like it's going to be some sort of cycle um and it feels auspicious i think it's a good sign well i love this book you're very excellent at this i love this i would just add i think as you were speaking i was thinking about also the circle feels like care Mm. going that you're going off into the mystical this mystical wonderland but also like you're can you're held you know, you're held yeah. in a gentle container as you go. Yeah. And then also when you were talking about going off into the <laughs> into the mystic, I was <laughs> thinking about um that image and anxiety you've had before, right? Of like, oh, the like there's a point at which I'll lose my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And that that's a thing that has like you've found yourself bumping against and this feeling like an like an echo and an evolution through that but in like a gentle right not a like not a forcing through just almost like a like you drive by and you wave at that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know yes yes yeah yeah and the eye like I never saw that there was an eye in there I've seen the card before but it looks like just like one giant eye like staring I'm like whoa that's cool oh I I love thank you for showing me how to use these cards in this yeah Also, uh, you're wearing snake earrings. Oh, you're right. And I chose them specifically. I had just a feeling today. Also, I wore this red shirt for you, by the way. (laughs) It looks so good. It does look so good. (laughs) The other thing I would say, too, is that this feels, um, I mean, I I do think the card, the book even might say there's something to this. But I think there's something to, like, the snake is kundalini, right? The snake is the energy of, like, shedding of skin, but also, I think, as Federico has spoken to, like the energy of, um, you know, Shakti rising of, of oh, awakening. Really? 
Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you can talk to Fetty about it more because I only know, like, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I've read like a chapter of a book about it, but like, um, but the the whole notion of like Kundalini awakening is a it's this image of like a snake that's coiled and and it rises and it rises through our spine and that's like the energy of like kundalini awakening or just the energy of like kind of what's the word that's wanting to come through and kind of like fast moving spiritual expansion wow well when you said that i got like a crazy feeling up my spine actually oh my so cool okay 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 this is very fun um this is actually this could just be our podcast episode is us yeah. just <laughs> seriously okay wait um can i make you do it again I'm sure gonna, this one's me this one's you the elephant oh well immediately i just see beauty like when i see an elephant it's majestic and strong and wise and very spiritual i feel like Elephants are such powerful animals, but it's like they don't even have to try to be powerful because they just, like, you know, I you see, think of an elephant like walking through the safari, like slow and measured and just doing its own thing. And it's like, it just takes up all of this space without trying. It just is. And it's just like a miracle to witness. I think the idea of being around an elephant, everyone is just, is like, enamored you're in awe of the beauty of something like this (laughs) yeah and really just speaking to the elephant but also elephants are playful too like that's that's what I am also getting from this and I noticed that there's like so there's like the fire and there's also like this like I guess I don't know if you call it that but like something happening in the third eye and it looks like it's cradling the fire, like, oh, so, like, gracefully. Yeah, it's like, almost like a gift of some sort. It's like, hey, I can hold it. I'm not scared of the fire. It's easeful. Maybe I come delivering gifts. I don't know, something about the way that it's like, so gently holding this fire. Yeah. It's a beautiful card, too. I've been getting this card, like, every day this week. Really? That's why, I, well, first I looked, like, she went, because oh, this, <laughs> like, this is, like, the sexiest card ever for Ebra. <laughs> and then I was, like, cracking up because this card, I, the, it just keeps. Oh, so they really want to come through for you on yeah, this. They're trying to send you a message. Um, I could have cried the whole time you were saying that. Mm-hmm. I do feel. I do feel like, um, I do really feel like there's elephant energy in me in terms of like, um, it resonate with the feeling of just being big. Mm-hmm. That's a- um, And I really like wanted to cry when you were saying like, just because it's an elephant is big, just mm-hmm. it just is right. It has like beater giant. It walks and moves, and it's big, and it's not, it's not like a puffer fish or like a animal raising the hair on its back. It's mm-hmm. just a big. It's just big. It just moves. Yeah. 
big. And it's not even, yes, there's no efforting. That's how I get it. It's like, it gets to take up all of this space and everybody wants to be in that space. <laughs> so yeah, what do you, what do you see? Like when you see the elephant though, anything else that you would add or any differentiation? I think the other layer that comes in is this idea of like maternal lineage, like mother, like mother, because right, I, I, animals are like matriarch societies, and so this image, idea of like lineage, and an ancestry again, and also specifically like matrilineal. That's what I was trying to say. Matrilineal. What does that mean? Um, I think it means like the lineage from your mother, like mm -hmm. lineage, lineage through your mothers and your mother's mothers. Um, and and so I think what I'm also just feeling is um, I'm really just, that's funny, I haven't really known what to do with this card. I'm like, okay, I just sit there and some of that just, anyways, but I think I'm just also feeling like the elephant is um I'm feeling this energy of um, that the, 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 this is now. You have been this, and this is now the moment where you see that this is who you are and what you come from. Somehow that feels like the thing mm -hmm. that's like, mm -hmm. yeah, there's feeling like this is the thing you've always been. Mm -hmm. and 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 this sense of the sense of destiny through the line of mothers and um so thinking of victoria's choicelessness you know and so this is a moment of tremendous power mm. through surrender like mm -hmm. there yeah like you, you keep saying like, there's nothing to do or there's like yeah there's just feels like it feels like this thing of like choiceless destiny and surrender that is power and power that's like it feels like this paradox of you're here there's nothing else to do mm -hmm. and there's nowhere else to no one else to be and you're here and yeah there's there's just echoes of that kind of language over and over again so oh, beautiful i also just keep seeing this image of like stomping and like it's like Shit just gets like, like it just doesn't matter because you just stop. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. Like, no, no such thing as obstacles. You're just a fucking giant elephant who's like parading yeah. with all yeah. of the paternal elephant, you know, all of yeah. the moms and babies behind you that are just stopping. It doesn't even see the obstacles. It's just like going yeah. over it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, okay. the maternal lineage thing, though, it's just interesting. I don't know. I just remember when you were talking about, anyway, I just feel like there's this healing going back, back, back generations. Like, I just know that you and your mom have such a special relationship and you've talked about like when you shared your adoption story and then she had talked about like, oh yeah, like I can't remember specifically what she was speaking to, but she was like, oh yeah, this is stuff that I'm, do you remember what she said? Like what she was speaking to? Like, this is stuff that I'm actually, she told you about your ancestors, her and like, this is in your lineage. Do you remember? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause yeah, my, my, my grandfather, my great grandfather on oh, my so my mom's dad, mm -hmm. his father was adopted. 
Uh-huh. And so there is like an actual lineage of adoption, but adoption in secrecy. It was like a very like hot, it was a very, yeah. uh, I don't know if that's what you were referring to. Well, but... there's something where you were talking about, you like the, I don't know, some wound that you were healing that your mom was like, oh yeah, like this has gone through our, like the women in our, in our family for years. And I felt that so much many times. And I think even like with the, when that adoption story came out and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to tell my mom it was out. And before I even did, she had found and listened to the show and called me to tell me how proud of me she was. And oh yeah, I could cry again because I was so, I was so afraid that it would be hurtful in some way. Mm-hmm. And she was just really proud of me. Yeah. 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 Feeling, yeah. Feeling the like care. And also feeling like that pack, right? That my grandmother stomped through the jungle and my mom stopped through the jungle and my aunt stomped through, right? It's like, and Birdie's like this, like really cute, ferocious little elephant that's stopping, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that's also why there's no obstacles is because we're like all in this line of clearing the way, you know, before and before. Awesome. So care. Okay, lastly... Mm-hmm. Our Ooh. show is a spider with a spider. All right. I see you. Podcast energy. I've never what seen this one before. I would say I, I see you podcast energy. Do you I do you want to go? You you go. It just feels sexy as fucking hell. Right? Like look at that. Look at that spider. Yeah. You have said you have said like that the energy is like sassy. This spider is like, yeah, bitches. I sit, I spin this exquisite. <laughs> iridescent web mm. and then i just fucking chill Ooh, and let things come to me and you know, let things come to me and you either walk by and you miss it too bad for you you <laughs> walk by and you're like oh my god look at that exquisite thing with the raindrops and the sunlight and look at that master craftsmanship birdie and i saw a teeny tiny spider in this incredible web yesterday and that's what i couldn't get over i was like birdie i was like the craft behind this fucking spider web is so exceptionally mind blowing. So I'm also feeling how much we are in awe of the craftswomanship of spider webs. I and, love this. <laughs> and also, yeah, the spider doesn't hunt for its dinner. It mm-hmm. just fucking waits. It makes the thing that it loves to make. It creates its art and mm-hmm. then it rests in its art. Wow. That's an awesome interpretation. Yeah, I really yeah. like spider yeah. vibes. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like, I like that it's black. There's something here about the sexiness, but it's like, it's cool. It's like, I don't know. It also feels like mysterious, feels badass, kind of feels like also like the cool kid in the class. I don't know. There's something about this coolness here. It's like, it's a cool looking fucking card. Yeah. It's cool. It's saying like, I'm kind of a badass. <laughs> like it also kind of looks like our hello universe logo she has like circle that's not quite a circle and it's black and it's cosmic colors or shows like yeah i've been this all along oh yeah Ugh. spider yeah and i think we're also like attracting those like we're attracting the things that are like right like all we're gonna bring things into yeah, it's like there's a stickiness here is what I'm thinking. So like yes. people are going to stick. Like there's a beast. Like people are going to listen and they're going to stick. We're going to get like the guests and they're going to stick. I don't know. It just feels like something like there's a, a like we have the ability to like pe- to like stick people in a good way. In a good way. Yes. 
Like oh, oh, and <laughs> yeah. The first thing that came to my mind that I also kind of forgot about, it was like, like community, like, mm-hmm. like my former client, Kim, who often listens to the show is just like a really, really gorgeous human love spider webs and she always talks about them as your web and like the web is your community and is your like interconnected network mm-hmm. and so she's always like part of her like whole vision of the world is just like you grow your web and you build your community and so that also feels like there's stickiness and there's also like yeah, just this expansion of this really incredible interconnected web of community yeah yeah. And as you're saying that, I feel like it's like bigger than just us. So like we're in the center, but this web goes like all, like all out here. Yeah. yeah and it's just like, yes. yeah, it is a web, like a community. I really love that. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. A I web community. Cool, like, cool. This feels like the most exceptional episode season of our uh, show yet. Yeah, for sure. It's getting better. It's but it's not getting better. better. It's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Okay, so do we do you usually read the book or no? I'll send us a picture of the book afterwards, but no. Wait, I can I have the book, I'll read it, but I just want to so it's serpent, serpent mm-hmm. and spider. Okay, cool. Um well thank you for that. Continue. Oh, well I was just gonna say, because I think when I read the book, my mind is looking for the answers. But when I do when we do this, like we received the answer. Love that so much. Yeah, I'm going to totally use my cards in a different way. Yay. Okay. 